And welcome to another installment of Banker with a Beer presented by Northwestern Bank. I'm Scott. Across the way, as always, is Jerry. Jerry, how's it going? Greetings today, Scott. It's going well today. Now, here we are. We're deep into fall at the time of this uh, recording. There, there's that crisp air that we've got. Uh, uh, you're not quite into the, uh, the holiday season yet, but at the time, people are listen to this it may very well be that the seasons have changed i know the type of beverages uh, we're gonna have are gonna change a little bit we're gonna have something a little little heavier uh today which is nice and uh, a great conversation coming up as always so why don't you tell us who we've got again today a return guest and introduce the beverage. Well, our return guest is going to be Brad Henschel. He is a city planner for the city of Chippewa Falls. We've had Brad on the program before. He's a friend of mine and also a connoisseur of finer malted beverages. So it's good to have somebody on board who really enjoys a good beer. And as Scott mentioned, we are in the transitional season, and so we're going to be having a transitional beverage. So uh, a vanilla porter from the Breckerange Brewing Um Scott, uh, I don't know if you've had a, a, a vanilla porter before. Brad says he's not only had one, but he's had this one. So uh, I have indeed, yes. and he's he's deemed it worthy. <laughs> it's suitable and uh, drinkable. Excellent. So I will start opening with the beverages. I do want to ask oh. for people that are not familiar. What is a porter? A porter. A porter is. I'll say it's it's a lager beer, um, and it is, it's a little darker, a little heavier, uh, basically more malt. So that'll kind of add more to the body of the beer. Uh, sometimes it adds a little bit to the alcohol content, but uh, it, this isn't anything like some of these uh, uh, Belgian um, holiday ales that we uh, have been imbibing on once in every great while. Well, this will be tasty, and as uh, that gets poured, Brad, uh, how are things going for you? Again, your return visit uh, for you. We'll dive into things going on in uh, Chippewa Falls, but how's life? Uh, life is good. Uh, it's busy uh, in Chippewa work-wise, family-wise, and everything else. Our kids are involved in uh, a couple different things, so usually my wife and I are going separate directions, uh, one kid with each, uh, and we see each other back at home at some point in the evening, but uh, it's it's good. Um, Chip was doing really good, and uh, like you kind of alluded to, we are getting into the change of seasons here, and so uh, that brings a, a bunch of fun activities that the community really rallies behind. We'll dive into more of the specifics here in just uh, a little bit, but overall things are going good up in Chippewa, aren't they? They are, and and honestly, throughout the Chippewa Valley. I mean, it's it's uh, it continues to be a really good time to be a Valley resident, and uh, and you know, uh, obviously things are changing here beyond uh, what we can necessarily control uh, at the federal level with uh, interest rates and all in all in good tune with with trying to keep things in moderation. So uh, a lot of things within our control that we attempt to attempt to uh, modify and and regulate and things beyond our control that we <laughs> just uh, go with the times on. All right, well, Gentlemen. beverages have been poured. Here we go. Oh, you can definitely uh, get Ooh, the nice. hint of vanilla there, which is good. Yeah, no, he's a, this is a little sweeter beer, um, probably a, a very close to a Marzen, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, which is an Oktoberfest. But, um, again, just one, one notch, a little bit uh, thicker, a little bit more warm, so a uh, great transitional beer. Great well, again, flavor. Well, again, very, very good, and uh, you're right. This is the sort of beverage you want is the, the, the nights get longer and a little, little bit more of a chill in the air. It's a it's a perfect beverage 
uh, for that. The vanilla adds right uh, adds right to it. So a nice combination there and a good combination with our guest as we talk about Chippewa Falls and what's uh, happening up there. And well, why don't you give everybody just a little bit of an update on some of the excitement that's going on in Chippewa Falls because you know, definitely the wind is at the backs. <laughs> Uh, of, of the city at the moment, and there, there's high times and low times for any community, and it seems right now there's an awful lot of positive momentum that people are are seeing, and and you want to take advantage of that momentum as <laughs> to to the fullest extent. Yeah, uh, there's there's been a couple projects here, uh, particularly around the Chippewa Crossing Boulevard, which for those. Uh, listeners that might not be familiar it's our interchange off of highway 29 so near the new fire station and the toys and ford dealership um, there's been some activity announcements that festival foods is going to construct uh, there in the spring of 2023 uh, in fact they just selected their contractor here uh, last, late last week and so we've gotten um, some additional movement on that so that's really exciting so there's been um some what I would call piggyback projects off of that, right? Festival Foods, the grocery store is going to be a very uh, destination-driven experience. People will go there for that reason. And so there's other commercial things that want to locate in close proximity and accessibility to that site. Some of those I can't really get into the details too far, but we have gotten a couple additional site plans even just this week on uh, projects that are moving forward next spring out there. So I can't say what those are yet but uh, the rumor mill has been a buzz uh, in in Chippewa and most of those most of those rumors are pretty accurate well and, and you mean as far as rumors in general not the restaurant on the south side of oh uh, yeah that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the rumor mill yeah now that that's uh, vacant and ocu- uh, and available for lease if anybody's looking for an existing building they, I'm sure they'd be happy to entertain well speaking of the rumor mill at least the area adjacent to it one thing you can see though is is that the city is starting to establish a new road that's going to kind of parallel the roundabout on the south side and kind of knocking down that hill. So how that's, how's that process going? Yeah, so that had been uh, that had been in the making for a while, too, and we were just kind of waiting until the time was right. Uh, we are going to extend uh, the road from essentially from Chippewa Mall Drive, which ends at, at Micon Theaters, uh, to the roundabout behind Toys and Ford, and that path is cleared. You can see kind of visually where that will be um, the earthwork uh, the earthwork is going to continue uh, this week and um, we'll we'll get a bulk of that road actually built for the underground utility work uh, this yet this winter and then it'll be wrapped up in the spring so um, with that um, Toys and Ford has been able to acquire some additional land from DOT that they had deemed was excess this is uh, exciting because they're going to open up some additional lots up there they're working with commonweal development out of uh, eau claire and uh, look at marketing some of those to to get some additional growth out there we don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet um, but they're actively promoting and marketing those that area other than uh, that site for retail and highway access new properties are there any other portions of the community that are seeing you know, really great growth. Well, uh, still continued gr- uh, good growth up in the Lake Wissota Business Park. Um, Mason Companies, uh, they have sort of a four-phase development plan up there. Their first phase is pretty much done, and, and they're into into that. Uh, um, 
subsequent phases to be determined in terms of timing yet. Um, Badger Liquor uh, is is relocating from their facilities on the south side of Eau Claire. Uh, they're constructing a new building right now. I'd say the shell is 80% done in the Lake Wissota Business Park. And we also have um, a commercial building on uh, the corner there by uh, I and, and 178 with uh, that'll house, uh, house uh, First Bank of Baldwin and Caribou Coffee. Couple nice, exciting amenities for the for the folks that are traveling to and from and working in that area. Such a basic question to ask here, but why is this growth happening and why is it happening now? <laughs> well, not, not that it's a bad thing. I don't. I don't know if phrase it like it's a bad thing, but 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 why is it happening? I, you know, I think, um, boy, <laughs> how long do we have? <laughs> um, this this is a that's a long-winded uh, explanation but i guess in the short short end i would say look um chip has been growing from a from a residential standpoint for for quite a number of years um we've gotten a, a significant amount of employers up in the lake wasota business park that are now bringing people to that area every day um before any growth happened, it was essentially a field with some roads in it. But now there's people there every day, and these people need certain essential goods and services uh, throughout their day. And so that, that is going to create and generate more demand for commercial activity up in that area. The stuff around the fire station, um, you know, those folks have owned that land for a long time. And, uh, you know, we've we've had some good conversations with them here in the last couple of years uh, that and the economics had been right so um festival decided they could you know finally pull the trigger on on that store economics have been great over the past few years um and so the the market market demands um supply uh, uh just the timing of it is is such that it it, it fit their criteria to move forward um so finally uh that's been a long time in the making we've been trying to get something going there well before I was I was ever in the picture, and so it's finally starting to take shape. So it seems like the city is hitting on all cylinders because obviously the 29 area is mostly a lot of retail. Um, the Lake Wissota Industrial Park and the Chippewa, um, the Chippewa River Industrial Park is pretty much industrial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's, uh, we'll talk about the state land in a moment, but then there's also residential, which seems to have been moving forward as well. I know... Um, uh, Rooney is building some multifamily on the west side of Chippewa. The the multifamily continues to be built out along the other side of Seymour Cray Boulevard. Um, what else is going on on the residential side of Chippewa Falls? Well, you you hit on two of the big the big projects. Rooney's uh, Rooney's got about 250 units that they're working on over time. Um, so that's that's exciting. A lot of what we've seen. Uh, continues to be multifamily unfortunately and i think it's just the cost of construction um and 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 returns for what developers can get for their product uh that is really driving multifamily construction and it's not just in chippewa it's all over the place but so that's the bulk of what we're seeing um the former timber terrace golf course uh there is no formal proposal yet but we've had a couple conversations i i expect that that will go residential at some point i'm not sure of the timing of it given uh you know given what's happening with current interest rates 
Um, and then I know you said we'd get to it, but certainly part of our vision for some of the state land um, will be residential in nature because uh, on the nor far north side of that, it abuts some some really nice single-family uh, properties in the city of Chippewa Falls. And um, as much as we wanted some of that state land to be maybe a future business park, the, the parts that the state has offered for sale at this point aren't the best properties for that to happen on. So we will look at doing some of a mix of residential and office and retail on that. Now, Brad, we might have talked about this in other shows, but I think it, it, it bears repeating is as much as most people think of single family homes as being a staple for housing for cities, the cost of providing that now, is, you know, especially with uh, the infrastructure that needs to be put in place vis-a-vis -vis the taxes you can generate out of it, sometimes uh, right now the math doesn't make much sense to a city anymore. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> it creates it creates this sort of tension and, and, and balance uh, scale and tipping points because, you know, a lot of people think single-family homes are going to be um, more well-kept, uh, hold their property values higher, etc. over the long term. And the fact of the matter is that just isn't, isn't always the case. Um, retail, retail development wants critical mass residential living in close proximity to its shops. And the way that we're getting that now is through multifamily. Um, we can have pockets of single family. There's single family still very desirable, but when you look at the cost to extend the water and the sewer and the stormwater and the electricity and the gas and the, then the road, it's very expensive um, to, to do single-family lots that are 66 feet wide when you can potentially do 20, 30 units in a building that's hopefully compatible with the neighborhood uh, and fits well. So with that being said, um, I mean, we seem, you know, other than probably the south side of Chippewa Falls, kind of by Casper Park, there isn't much more developable land in the city. So um, I guess I'll, my first question is going to be, are there any potential areas for redevelopment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, <clears throat> when a community our size gets to that position where our boundaries um, are somewhat landlocked that's that's exactly what we have to do um uh, you know and bigger communities just do this uh eau claire's doing it you know they're not expanding uh, out all the time they and they focus tremendously in their downtown on urban redevelopment projects and we're getting to the point where on a scale that you know might be f more fitting for chippewa that's what we're going to have to do too um We've got um, a great project coming forward with the Wisconsin Farmers Union. They bought a three-story, almost 50,000-square-foot building on River Street, right in the heart of downtown. Looks uh, looks out across to the Chippewa Riverfront, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to redevelop that property, um, put in a mix of uses, and historically that's kind of been a manufacturing-type type use. So this is going to be a great redevelopment reuse project, and I hope it... Uh, encourages some folks to, to maybe look at their properties uh, in and around the, the community a little differently. Uh, what's the importance, you know, being being a city planner, to stay ahead of trends? You know, there's obviously the trends that are going on now and the things that have been working for the last five or so years, but 
you don't want to look too far in the future <laughs> in the future but you know trying to stay ahead of you know how people are living and how people are traveling and how you know what the needs are for not only commercial but you, you, you touched on it a little bit with residential and what is more desirable so what the importance of seeing what's going on in other areas and trying to stay ahead so you don't end up having a bunch of 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 ghost locations in a community interesting question <clears throat> i'm gonna <laughs> i don't know jerry's a jerry's a resident of chippewa falls so i don't know if he'll find this humorous or not but i'm going to go out on a limb and say that chippewa falls has not historically been known to be ahead of the curve <laughs> i think that's fair to say is that that's, fair? that's a fair comment yeah and i don't think just knowing the the political climate and the and the community preference climate i think that's a safe comfortable place that we're <laughs> probably not going to venture in any any time soon that being said i understand your question and your point um, I think a good example of this might be uh, what is known as Wasota Green uh, uh, in Chippewa Falls right now. It's it's up by the industrial park, but residential. Uh, this was a uh, proposed uh, residential development that uh, late 2000s. Uh, late 1990s, I think. Yeah, late 1990s. You're right. You're right. Um, and the concept was... Uh, basically bringing over a development style that was very popular in urbanized areas, particularly the Twin Cities, with very small yards, postage stamp homes where you're very uh, in close proximity to your neighbors. Works great in the Twin Cities. Other metro areas did not take off here. Um, now, I think if that would have been two or three years ago, it would have been uh, a, a tremendous development. We're just not, we're not going to be the trendsetter. And, and I think that, that's just a figment of our community that, that uh, I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> the, 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 the fact that uh, you're kind of like, the, does that, does that allow a community also sort of see what is working other places? You, you know, I always go back to, you, you want to try to avoid the mistakes that places made in the late 60s and the 70s with uh, you know, pedestrian malls and, and what have you in downtowns that uh, for every one community it worked, uh, there was about 20 that uh, quickly uh, did not like that. And then and the, the failed efforts of what happened in a lot of cities in the 1970s, uh, you know, taking sort of a more wait and see approach can have its benefits, doesn't it? Well, it does. And it and, you know, I think, you know, at least with our core downtown, uh, we have it's a historic downtown that people are very, very proud of, and they don't really want to, like, the community kind of grows out from there, and that's kind of how, what they've respected and wanted to, to, to keep Chippewa Falls as. I will, uh, last winter, uh, last spring, shortly after Christmas, I, I was in a meeting, a business meeting about a project that we've already talked about, and uh, one of the gentlemen uh, is a local business owner, local developer, he said, uh, my wife and I were walking down Bridge Street. We were shopping for Christmas for the kids. He said, I just thought it was like a, a scene out of a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Now, I don't watch a whole lot of Hallmark movies, so I had to go and ask my wife. I said, what does this mean? And she said, oh, it's a really good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, So that that is that is our essence, and I think that's where we'll be as a community for 
for the foreseeable future, which is not a bad thing. Well, and I think in, in being a resident of Chippewa, as our listeners know, I think there's a little bit different. Chippewa is more reserved in terms of its ability to follow the trends. And I think like where the city of Eau Claire has taken, the city itself has taken the lead of redeveloping uh, Phoenix Park and now the Cannery District. And this, so the city will come in and they'll, you know, uh, come up with a master plan and granted with, with public input, but, but they're driving the process. The city of Chippewa Falls has been much more, I'll say, waiting for individuals to come forward and then have them make the move. And then the city will do what it can to support their vision as opposed to having like this overarching vision of what this portion of, of, of the community should look like. I know, is that a fair question? I think that's a good way of putting it. And, and, and we've gotten a, a ton of compliments in the le- since I've been there and probably before about uh, being easy to work with and, and, and receptive and pro-development, and, and that's what we want. But I think that stems from exactly how you just described that. I think, you know, we do kind of uh, put a, a wait-and-see uh, facet on, on our vision, and when uh, we have a nice project, we will get behind it. Our council has been very supportive and very good to get behind it and throw – uh, what we can towards it. Well, a few other questions. So we talked about you know, kind of Chippewa being pretty much at, at limits in terms of its own you know, corporal um, boundaries. Is the city open to annexation? Um, we Yes. Uh, the, the city is open to annexation to the extent that it comes from landowners. Uh, we have had a conversation not so uh, not in, in the not-so-distant uh, past um, about pushing forward our vision a little bit more in terms of annexation. And the council didn't want to do that. They, they're they very receptive. If a landowner or, or a resident wants to come into the city, cool. But they did, haven't wanted to force anybody's hand. Again, that kind of speaks for a previous conversation about, you know, the individuals drive it. It's not the city isn't going to take this position where we need to grow and we're going to kind of push our vision or um, – promote our vision of what it should be they are waiting it's much more about when you're ready to do something let us know and, and we'll support you as we can yep i think that's i think that's a, a good way of putting it and very fair now one thing though that is a bit different is that uh the state or the city has been very proactive about purchasing the state land that's adjacent to seymour cray boulevard how has that process played out and what's kind of the city's vision for that yeah terribly slow it's been a terribly slow process so that started uh at least 20 years ago i've got files uh that that there had been conversations state owns a significant amount of land uh, adjacent to what is called the northern center it's on the south side undeveloped uh and they've owned it many 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 decades um we finally got some some movement from the state here about a year ago uh, that they'd be receptive to selling some of it um and so we've been able to carve out about 80 acres that they've been receptive might be closer to 90 um to selling and we did uh we have a purchase agreement in place with them um the ink isn't dry on the check, and it isn't dry on the deed, but uh, uh, we are just tying up loose ends. Uh, should be should be by the end of the calendar year uh, in the city's hands. Uh, to that end, um, our goal is to get it out of the state's hands as politely as we can, and then uh, to work with the developer or developers 
um, to get it out of our hands and, and onto the tax rolls. Uh, that being said, we do have some a vision um, of, of, again, mixed use, uh, really, on the pieces that are have been put up for sale with some single-family, multifamily, and then some commercial and office space. So um, it's going to take some time now with, with kind of the, the housing market and where things have gone over the last six to nine months. It might take a little longer than maybe we had anticipated a year ago, but um, I think we've had some good conversations with potential partners on that to that end. And so we'll uh, that'll be that'll be a fun venture for me for the next uh, for foreseeable future. Put it that way. I know we're getting close on our time, but I got a few other things I kind of want to run by you. I know a, a big project that I'm interested in, just because <laughs> I drive it every day, is uh, River Street and the Highway 53 interchange with Business 29. I think the state is going to be redoing some uh, major rework to US 53 over the next two, three construction seasons between the tank farms and up to, to, to the north. Yep. Uh, I think towards Bloomer. Past Bloomer, yep. Um, how is that going to impact Chippewa Falls, and how is that project going to lay out? Uh, well, that's a fair question. Um, yes, the state is going to be doing that. You, since you mentioned River Street, we uh, just solicited for engineering assistance on River Street here over the past month. We've got an engineer on board. And so I believe our portion of that, again, the engineers can correct me, but our, our portion of that should be under construction in 2024 with the river street and i think that's going to dovetail the dot has been a little bit of a moving target as to how they're exactly going to phase their construction because it is a, a fairly long stretch of roadway of 53 but um we're moving on all fronts with that okay but you are going to rebuild or, or partially rebuild river, river street. street because it's it needs a little tlc it yep that's that's uh we are working on that right now um and another related issue, um, upgrades to uh, Highway I, the kind of the, or I'm sorry, is that, no, S, I'm sorry, S, oh, S. on the north side of, of Chippewa, um, you know, th th you've been redoing work on roundabouts and things. I'm hearing words about possibly making that four lane or divided at some point. Uh, anything the city is consider considering at this point? Um, that is one that I get to play, uh, plead ignorance on because uh, that's county highway jurisdiction. And, and I don't believe that there's been – that was looked at for four lanes, and I believe uh, continues to be looked at, but with the sand traffic kind of influx uh, and, and the amount of trucks being in and out of the sand plant, basically down to zero now. Um, I think the, the pressure on that is significantly less, but I know that uh, – that may come a time when, when that's brought back up again. Well, you gave me a great transition. Sand plant, right? Into the sand plant. What, <laughs> where is it at? What's it doing? Is it going to continue to be even held? And I think it's kind of mothballed at the point. Um, any word from the ownership there of what they plan to do with it? Good question. And you probably know more than you're letting on to on this one. So um, it is, it, sorry, it is uh, essentially mothballed, uh, decommissioned. They continue to uh, move some of the equipment out of there and are sending it on rail to either North Dakota or Texas. But there has been an out-of-country company that has uh, been meeting uh, with us here over the, the past month or so. Um, and meeting with the current ownership group and looking to structure uh, potentially an LLC, uh, joint venture LLC on that, and uh, repurpose that plant into um, 
it would still be manufacturing property, but um, a different uh, different uh, product altogether. It wouldn't be natural resources. Well, like, I guess it might be somewhat natural <laughs> resources, but uh, can't I can't get into what it is yet because uh, there's a lot of uh, T's to cross and I's to dot that haven't been yet. But uh, that repurposing of that facility is um, on the on the radar. Last thing I've got, and I know I, I know Scott's got one here for you too. But I'll just as a, as a side note, but I was driving out towards uh, uh, Lake Wissota Golf Course and just seeing Lake Wissota Industrial Park, and it's really impressive. I mean, there's lots of stuff going on, and so how much land? I know the the state land is a big thing for down the road because the Chippewa Falls is literally running out of industrial land. How much land is left in? Lake Wissota and the Chippewa Industrial Parks, and there are any other plans for items coming in to kind of use up what's left? Um, good question. There, are, so uh, Riverside Industrial Park, which is Old Cray HPE now. There's one little lot left. There's a really nice expansion project on the horizon there. Lake Wissota Business Park, about 50 acres plus or minus that's left, but it's very chopped up and segmented. The biggest site you could get out of that right now is about 15 acres. Crosses us off a lot of lists. Industrial projects are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and so we're not we're not hitting on a lot of those lists. That being said, there's still there's still maybe two projects that break ground this year yet. Um, break ground yet this year? That's what they're hoping. So hmm. <laughs> there continues to be interest, uh, development pressure. Uh, we have taken some very preliminary steps at looking at uh, where our next industrial park potentially could be and um, that's all I can that's all I'll say about that at this point but it again it's on the radar and we are looking at it actively once again I have to ask before we let you go what remains uh, something you 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 still want to see happen Uh, have you talked to our Parks and Rec director yet? <laughs> he's coming in <laughs> in, in December, yeah. Good. I'll leave that for him, but he's got some heavy lifting uh, uh, workload up with his uh, pool conversation, and I'll be interested. I, I want to see where that ends up and, and goes. One one quick plug, if I can. <clears throat> we are in the process of updating our, our comprehensive plan. It's a 10-year update. Uh, that comprehensive plan sets a 20-year vision for the community, and it's very community-oriented. We're going to be sending out a survey, doing some focus groups, and doing some uh, neighborhood community solicitation and input for information that will help drive that plant. So that's probably coming up in the next, in the first quarter of 2023. So to the extent that your listeners are Chippewa-based, um, when they get questions, surveys, and invitations to attend some of these, please come out because this is really what's going to drive that planning process and set our vision for growth. Well, Brad, thank you so much for joining us uh, again and uh, lots of things going on in the city of Chippewa Falls, and I'm sure we'll have you back to give us updates as things move along. That sounds great. I enjoy the heck out of you too and, and our, our tasty beverage. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you enjoy uh, this podcast, please give it a five-star rating. Uh, we're available on Apple, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, and everywhere you listen to your podcasts. Thank you again for joining us for uh, this podcast in Northwestern Bank, where people matter.